Thanks for listening to Brokerage Insider. This week's episode was recorded live during the Explode Virtual Conference on Thursday, September 24th. We look forward to returning to our regular scheduled program soon, but until then, enjoy this session. In this episode, I interview Rob Hahn, managing partner of 70S and Associates and prognosticator of the real estate industry. And so, uh, you know, Rob, I actually wrote up a whole bunch of questions before sure. yesterday morning to talk to you sure. about. Sure. And uh, I kind of threw them in the trash can and started over <laughs> again uh, after, after, uh, after the Zillow news. Yeah, after the big so, announcement. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and I mentioned this this morning uh, when we talked to David Gumper, um, and I'll just reiterate it for anybody that was not in the track this morning. But um, you know, Zillow announced that they are starting a brokerage officially, even though they had real estate licenses for a while. Their official start markets are in Tucson, Phoenix, and Atlanta. Um, and uh, so they're gonna start up a brokerage, uh, but particularly two things of note. Number one is they're gonna focus their brokerage on just their home buying process. Um, and number two is they're moving away from feeds where they accept feeds and going straight to IDX data directly from all of your MLSs. Um, so, you know, let's talk about Zillow Homes for just a second. Um, sure. They they are going to have salaried based agents, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, on a scale of one to ten, considering last time our one of our big topics when we talked on the the last show, uh, last brokerage insider show, uh, we talked about it, and you said Zillow is not the biggest threat to, threat to brokerages. Let me first ask you: Do you think that's changed at all? Like, if you had to give a scale of one to ten, uh, where did you think they were before yesterday, and where do you think they are now? I'd say probably before yesterday, they're probably three. And today there are three. I, I, don't, uh, I don't think anything has changed. Um, you know, and I think I made this point in uh, my latest post about this, you know, that I just put up yesterday. It's just a quick reaction. People are like, Zillow's a competitor and yada, yada. I'm like, look, unless you've got a couple billion dollars of uh, investor money and they don't care about losing it <laughs> for 10 years, you're not a competitor. Like that's not... You know, that's not what their business is. And I guess the way I look at it is this. I mean, if for broker, because this is a brokerage group. Like, do you think Open Door is a competitor? Because it's the same thing, right? They have billions of dollars. They're going to go in and pay cash for a house. They're using their in-house employee agents to do it. So if you don't think that Open Door is a competitor, then you probably shouldn't think that Zillow is a competitor. If you did think that Open Door is a competitor, I guess I'd like to know how. Like, do you have billions of dollars? And again, there are brokers who have started iBuyer uh, add-ons, right? And I'm like, look, that's great. But do those investors expect a return for their money? If the answer is yes, you're not a competitor because neither Zillow nor Opendoor, their investors aren't expecting a return. They're expecting to lose money for a good long time. And they have real deep pockets and they don't care because they're all about kind of changing the world and you know, that sort of thing. So that's how I'm looking at it. I understand there's probably a different perspective on that, but... I, I just want to hear the reasoning. Like, I'm not saying I'm right and everyone's wrong. No, no, I just, this is how I think about it. I'm curious what other people think about it too. So, I mean, I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit the last time too. Uh, I think that iBuyers like Open Door uh, definitely changed the dynamics and it could be, and it's yet to be seen. And I think it goes back to, uh, does it increase the number of transactions in the market, right? right. So Open Door's big push and statement has been, um, we're not negative towards brokers because we will increase liquidity 
-hmm. And when you, any time in the history of time that you've increased liquidity in a capital market like real estate, um, you, you've seen all boats rise more or right. less, right? Right. And so uh, from that perspective, if that's really the case, if they're increasing the number of total transactions, and, and I texted Rob this earlier this week, uh, that we're actually on pace to hit 6 million transactions, that's which right. would be near the top of any recorded year, maybe not the top, but near the top of any recorded year um, that there's been, then I think that could be the case. But um, you know, if, if it isn't, then it doesn't it seem, Rob, like they're taking transactions out, transaction sides out of the mix in terms of at least listings? Uh, I suppose, you know, um, I suppose. And I guess the, the secondary follow-on question, though, is are brokers really making, is that really what a brokerage business is today? Right. I, I, you know, and that's what you and I talked about on the podcast, right? Because if the idea is that brokerages are actually in the business of buying and selling homes, then yeah, but I don't think brokerages are. I think brokerages today are in the business of recruiting and retaining agents. Agents might be in the business of buying and selling homes, but then we get into a whole other discussion, right? So from that standpoint, I'm not sure. And again, I would actually love to hear from brokers themselves, like how they see it. Like, am I completely misinterpreting this, right? But so to your point, it's like if, if, some, if they take out some of the transactions, that's possible. So out of the, you know, 10 to 11 million, or to your point, if it's 6 million a year, it's 12 million sides, you know, Opendoor and Zillow are going to take some percentage of it, quote, off the market. I guess, right? I guess, you know, but to me, that's sort of like the, that's the world changing, you know? Like, so does that make them a threat? I suppose that's one way to look at it, but that's the world changing. And it's just a matter of, okay, so how are we going to deal with it? that consumer behavior is changing, you know, how do we deal with that? But do you think that the step that Zillow has made um, that already encroached upon something they said they would never do? Sure. Um, do you think that that's a, a slippery slope? Do you, I mean, in your post, you kind of say no, unless brokers force it, right? And Or the I world forces it, yeah, yeah. I mean, look. That. So everybody should totally read uh, Rob's most recent post called Don't Force Zillow into a Corner. Yeah. Um, but do you think that's really the case? Or do you think somebody at Zillow is sitting there thinking, hey, this is our first step into making everybody feel comfortable. And it's, it's like uh, putting the frog into the, the pot where you sure. warm it up slowly instead of real fast, right? Sure. I mean, and that's obviously kind of been the, the interpretation of the industry. And I, I see where they're coming from. You know, I mean, when I first heard about it, it's like, really? You guys, what? You know, wasn't that long ago when like Spencer was on stage swearing up and down that this would never happen. The problem is like, you know, it's like if the world changes, the world changes, right? So what are, you, what are you supposed to do with that? The world has changed. The consumers want something else. Are you supposed to then say, screw that, you know, hell with what the consumer wants. I'm, I'm not changing. Like that's, that's idiotic. Like nobody does that. Brokers wouldn't do that. Wait, so the, I just recorded a podcast with Greg Robertson this morning about it. And the thing I, I pointed out was, you know, brokers are and MLSs and the whole industry is swearing up and down, you know, we are all about cooperation compensation and that's the pillar and so on. Well, here's the thing. There's a lawsuit going on right now, right, to make that difficult or impossible to do away with commission sharing. If five years from now that lawsuit wins and the Supreme Court says you are no longer allowed to share commission, are we all going to say we don't give a crap? We're not going to change. Of course, we're going to change. You know, the world has changed. We have to change. So that's one part. The second part, I'm saying, listen, the thing that I'm more concerned about is that we as an industry would do something just 
irrational and stupid, which then forces those guys into doing something that's not good for anybody. You know, like it's not making anybody any money, and yet we're going to do it because they have to, right? So maybe the way to think about it is this, and this is just my, my interpretation of how to understand Zillow's pivot. I actually think it really has to do with the fact that them saying we're, we're a market maker now, right? We're still used to thinking of Zillow as an advertising vehicle and they sell leads to agents and that's their business. To me, when I look at what, what this pivot means is them really kind of saying we're no longer that. We're a, we're a market maker. We're an iBuyer. This, our business going forward is buying homes for 300000 and selling it for three hundred and three. And in order to do that, they actually need to cut as much cost out of it as possible. And they have to make that process, that transaction experience better. And I think what they're finding is Open Door had the lead on them. They had the edge because Open Door used their own in-house agents. So if I'm a seller, I say, hey, give me an offer. It's one point of contact. With Zillow, and this is what Errol said, right? It's like, okay, I talk to somebody at Zillow and then I get handed off to some local agent and then that local agent maybe hands me off to people on their team. And it was very disjointed. So I think what they're saying, okay, if our business is buying and selling homes, we need to improve that. So we need to bring this in-house. The second part then follows. So if we bring this in-house, we know that the industry is going to cut off the data feed to us. We know that for a fact. How do we get around that? Let's join the MLS, right? So it's not, I don't know. I have trouble seeing it as like this evil conspiracy plan and, and all of that and slowly boiling the frog and so on. Because again, they, these guys are worth 22 billion. They have 2 billion in cash. Their stock is worth like $98 a share or whatever. You know what I mean? If these guys wanted to become brokers, if they wanted to, you know, really screw with the industry, then it's not that hard for them, right? That, that's, well, I think uh, that, it's really easy, actually. And I think yeah. that's what most brokers are sitting there worried and nervous about is I think most of them recognize that Zillow has more or less won the consumer's zero moment of truth uh, uh, to when they're starting the search, at mm -hmm. least. Zillow owns the, the space of starting the, you know, the home, uh, the, the place where people start their search at. Right. And they have, you know, they touted 200 million unique views and, and all of this stuff uh, that they have. And I think that's where bro brokers are most nervous is to say, look, if, bro if, a, if Zillow wanted to tomorrow, they could certainly get into the uh, agent space. And if they discover, hey, I can go hire salary-based agents and I can go just hire hundred agents and, and, and kill it in the market and then have team members and assistants and things like that to process the transaction. Right. I'm going to execute on their vision, which is to make the consumer process. That's, that's what they care about, right? The consumer process better, simpler. Mm -hmm. And what I think that makes brokers most nervous is less expensive, right? So sure. if you go use a Zillow agent to list your home and they could say, well, we'll represent you to buy a home for free or, or something along those lines. Um, you know, that, that's, that's cutting out a chunk of commission out of that transaction sure. that would have happened that might have otherwise gone to a, to a broker. So I think sure. they're nervous of the, the, the bridge is not too far. The leap is quite small between point A and point B. Sure. Whether they want to do it or not is a different question, but it's, it would be very easy because they own the consumer in so many cases to do sure. that, right? Sure. But, you know, they, it, I think the way I look at that is, Again, so let, I'm, a, I'm a strategy consultant for a living, right? My day job. So let's just imagine that a broker is a client of mine. The first question I would be asking the broker is, how do you make your money? 
how do you make your money? Because I know brokers that are 100% shops. So the way they make their money is a monthly membership fee and a transaction fee, right? So for those clients, one of the things I've said to them is, we should not care about what the price of the home is because you don't get paid on, the, on the, the value of the home, right? You get paid on the transaction. So whether the agent is doing a $100,000 sale or a million dollar sale, you're getting paid 495. Right. If that's your business, then it changes everything that you should care about, right? If on the other hand, you're a uh, you know, 70-30 split, then you know, it's a different thing. So the first question I think is, as a brokerage, how do you make your money? And here's what I do know, and this, we talked about this on the podcast, most brokerages in North America right, are really struggling with profitability, right? 3%, right? On average, which means that half of them are below that. So then you go and say, okay, where, do you, where are you actually really making your profits? And it's like, well, title, escrow, mortgage, et cetera. I'm, well, well, if that's the case, then we got to think about it in those terms, right? Why do you care about Zillow's this, that, and the other thing? And, you know, if, if that's your business, then you should do things to support your business. Getting involved with all this stuff about home prices and commission amounts, like, why does it matter if you're not making any money from it? But right? doesn't, that's, it that's flow, it. doesn't the money flow? What I mean by that is, you, if you're collecting $400 per transaction, right? Mm-hmm. And there's companies like Fathom Realty that are now yeah. publicly traded companies that do exactly that. Yeah. And so when they have that, they still need the transaction to happen to begin with. Correct. But, correct. but they don't need the commission amount to be whatever, right? In other words, if the commission amount drops to 1% you know, on average, but we still have 11 million transactions or 12 million transactions, Fathom will be fine. They don't care what the commission amount is. They just care about are there transactions happening and will my agents pay me? So that, that's how I'm thinking about it. So it's, it's hard to just kind of broadly say brokers should be paranoid about this. Brokers should be paranoid. I'm just saying, well, tell me what your business is, right? Because here's the other thing. Redfin is a brokerage, right? But as, as you and I have talked about, I don't actually look at Redfin as a brokerage. I look at them as a really big giant agent team. If you're an agent team, then maybe you care more about it because now your business is actually you know, helping a consumer buy and sell homes and you're taking a big chunk of the commission. Do you know what I mean? And then you're, you're actually splitting it out or you have W2 employees, so you have your expenses. I, that's a different business model. And I, if that's the case, I would think about things very differently, you know? So that's the first point. Um, the second point I think is, like I said, having said all of that, it does seem clear to me that most brokerages in the industry today are in the recruiting and retention business. And if that's true... Then I think the question is, Zillow now says they're going to bring iBuying in-house. They are now going to join the MLS. My question is, how does that affect your recruiting and retention business? And as yet, I haven't gotten a clear answer to that. So maybe you have a thought. I mean, how, does that affect recruiting and retention? Yeah, having iBuyers? Or have, yeah, okay, Zillow's now in the MLS. How does that affect the ability of Remax results to recruit an agent? Well, uh, we'll ha- we're having Brenda on uh, shortly, actually, in, in, awesome. uh, in about 30 <laughs> minutes. So uh, if you want to stick around, you can, you can ask her that question. I, yeah. But I think, uh, you know, I think, for, I won't speak for Brenda particularly, but what I will speak from is, I think, you know, it is about recruiting your attention. And if a broker can go to Zillow mm-hmm. and have, you know, and, and, and even Redfin, it's salary plus commissions, right? Right. 
Um, but if there's a dwindling number of transactions right. that happen, right. even if you're averaging a, a, a high number of transactions, and Brenda's company averages 23 transactions per agent per agent, and they have over 1,200 agents. Right. Um, and so, you know, from the 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 proofing of your business, the Zillow proofing of your business, uh, I think that's about as strong as you could possibly get. Uh, that's out there. But I think at the same point, if I was sitting there and, and I was uh, the CEO of one of those types of companies, I would certainly look at it like there is likely to be a dwindling number of transactions. And every time my agents make less money, that mm -hmm. means I can charge them less, whether that's in a desk fee, a transaction fee, um, a you know monthly, right. whatever it happens to be. That's also, right. any model that's reliant on volume in terms of agents, you know, if you're an EXP Realty and you're, 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 you know, getting everybody out there into the network and getting the transactions that go through, um, I think you're going to dwindle over time if there's more players in the market and there's not more transactions because of that, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I see that, right? <clears throat> I see that. Because so It all flows up. It's, it's like, um, uh, it you know, if you're a software company, um, a big software company, I'm not talking about uh, any necessarily of the players that are necessarily in the, in the real estate tech space, but maybe somebody like Zillow or Google uh, or Apple, you're also in the recruiting and retention business. I, I think if you ask um, a lot like Google, what they do now, it's, you know, their product is pretty stable. It's more like we just need good talent uh, to keep building upon what we're building on. And I think their big problem or their big uh, concern that they have every day is making sure they're getting the best talent possible to come work for them. But sure. if there's more people drawing from that talent, there's less to come to Google. And if there's more people drawing from the Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis real estate market of the top tier talent and Zillow says, hey, top agent, I'll pay you 500 grand a year salary to come work for me. And that way in a bad year, you're even, like you're, you're still gonna make 500 grand a year. I think there's gonna be some agents that, and teams maybe even that could go over there and do that. Now, I'm not saying Zillow's doing that, but I think it's at least a consideration or if it was, I was a CEO, it'd be something that would be sitting in the back of my brain, right? I guess I, I think the the more the thing that I'll be concerned about more is you just said okay, Zillow and Open Door bringing iBuyer in house is going to reduce the number of transactions that's available to the more traditional route, right? Okay, if that's a real concern, I guess my first question is how big do you think this is going to get in your market? iBuyers? Yeah, that market making transaction. How big do you think it's going to get? I and, I believe. I believe it'll get to roughly 30% in major sure. markets in the United States. So roughly 30%. So then the question I think I, as a CEO of a brokerage company, would have to ask is, how much do I want to spend to go after the 30% versus a 70%, right? Yeah. That, that's question number one. Question number two is, if it's 30% and I'm like, I cannot surrender that, okay, go raise a bunch of money. Do you know what I'm saying? You like, we know how to do it. You're saying? What? And become an iBuyer? Yeah, I mean, if that's a service you have to provide, because at the end of the day, it's not about Zillow, it's not about Open Door, it's not about whoever, it's about, is that a consumer need? Because by saying that it's going to reach 30% of the market, what you're saying is that 30% of home sellers want what those guys are offering, right? So then you, your job is to say, can I offer that to the consumer? Can my agents offer that to consumers? I, I totally right? agree. With our clients, I have actually been having the conversation with them yeah. uh, that I, 
my advice to them is to go out and find funding, yeah. uh, whether it's loans or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, to, if you're not focused on the entire United States, if you're focused on individual market, yeah. you, it's not hard to get funding to be able to buy assets like homes leader in the market. I yeah. think you, you'll find banks and, and institutions that are willing to do that. I think the risk profile is very different from what the average CEO at a brokerage has been used to. And keep in mind, if you're the market leader in a market, you've probably been that player and multi-generational maybe businesses, or at least a business that's been there in that market for a long time, that's been a very low risk business. Real estate is, sure. is you know, outside of every 10 or 15 years, we get a recession. Um, that's your risk. But outside right. of that, generally, you have no outside risk, right? Right. Um, and so from that perspective, this, this notches up your risk tenfold, maybe, right? A hundredfold, probably yeah. a thousandfold, you know? And so that, that's kind of my take on it. It's like, if you really believe that. Now, here's the thing. Most people think like iBuyer is just a small niche. Then the question becomes, then why do you care so much about a small niche, right? Why aren't you focusing more on the 95%, right? Focus on that. What do those, what do those consumers want? That's probably a smarter use of your time and brain power, right? Then worrying about the 5%. So a big part of this from my standpoint, Eric, is when it, whenever it comes to Zillow, you know, I, I, I started using the term Zetarade. I feel like some folks in the industry just kind of lose their minds. It's like, they can't think straight. They can't see straight. It's like, you know, Zillow. yeah, it's like, you know, Zillow started selling coffee. I'm not drinking coffee anymore. I'm like, it's like, guys, like if we just, just look at it rationally, look at it, you know, like the, how does it actually affect your business? I hear what you're saying. Maybe if you're in Phoenix, you know, this is a big threat. It's like 10% of the market, so on. So it's like something you really have to watch. I guess my question is, all right, look, this is now what Zillow and Open Door have done is they have proven that there's a consumer demand for this type of thing. If that concerns you, then it's real simple. You either meet that consumer demand or you don't, right? It's kind of like- Don't, if my, if my estimation is correct, that it could get to 30% of the market. Sure. And I actually believe- that with correct data and correct financial management of the businesses, it could be much bigger than 30% mm -hmm. if sure. they can get their numbers down to what an average commission sure. um, happens to be in a market. And sure. if you look at markets like Phoenix, while there's aberrations in the data, I've definitely seen numbers from companies like Open Door where their average offer is like six and a half to seven and a half percent um, off the of the market value, which is competitive with a with a broker, right? Um, so in those markets, if you if I never have to get my kids up early or or make their beds or or anything like that, um, you know, why wouldn't I go mm -hmm. to an iBuyer? Uh, yeah. But they have to get their data models correct and they have to get their inventory turns correct, and that's the biggest problem I think that Zillow's had is they've overpaid for properties. But much more so than Open Door, um, and their inventory turn time is longer than what I think their expected uh, return on cash has been, and that's caused them to lose money per property instead of make money per property, right? You're um, assuming that they want to make money per property, right? Well, I mean, you're right. That what I mean is, if you start going into the the mortgage business, which they have, they have more tech and they have uh, a mortgage operation. Um, uh, if you go into the title business. Uh, and all of those, who cares if they lose $1,500 in the house, which no broker, very few brokers can say, hey, I don't care if I lose money and not make any money on the commission, right? That's No one can, yeah. So, so I, I, this is a big missing piece, right? Like I said, I mean, I think what folks are missing is that Zillow and Open Door engaged in a giant market share grab. 
it's very reminiscent of when like the internet came along the, the very first time. Remember like the dot com, you know, first generation dot com companies that were just spending like crazy money just to get just to grow traffic that's because it's a land grab, right? I mean, I feel like that's how to think about it. It's a land grab. Those two companies have investors and they have enough money and whatever that they don't care about making a profit. Now, they don't want to lose their shirt, but it's not like a huge focus for them. Everybody else is looking at it like, this doesn't make any sense. It's like, of course it doesn't because it's a land grab. So if you're concerned about it, I'm saying then you have to get into the land grab game. Agreed. Agreed. If you're not interested in getting the land grab game, my only point is, where's, where, where's your real money coming from? Like, where's your revenue coming from? Where's your profit actually coming from? Maybe spend more time thinking about that. I, because I think yeah, that's, that's all. If it, I think that's very astute. If I was a broker, that's what I would be thinking is what's my real business, right? That's right. So. What's my, and who's my real competition? If you're a cold oil banker, your real competition, I guarantee, right? It's not Zillow. It's EXP. It's, you know, it's Realty One Group. It's Keller Williams. It's those guys. Or for that matter, it might be the small boutique down the road that just opened up, but they provide way better service and, you know, whatever. It's, it's those guys, not open door in Phoenix, like, yeah, that, that's how I see it. So I'm, I'm just suggesting, I think brokers have a tendency to kind of get distracted by like the latest shiny object. So Rob, I've only got a couple minutes left and I, I do have two other quite big questions that I want to ask you uh, before we run out of time. Um, number one, what does a Redfin versus Zillow endgame battle royale look like? Uh, I think the only way that happens is if social capital buys Redfin oh. um, and combines it with Open Door. That's, uh, an so, that's so that's what that looks like, right? What's your second that, question? That's a that's an interesting thing. Uh, then the next question is: so Zillow Homes and part of Zillow Corporate. Uh, and, and here's my curveball, my my long-term uh, uh, thinking uh, sure. that I, I think is it, it ha nobody's brought up yet. This was my uh, like deep thoughts uh, last night. Uh, what should I ask Robert? What's the what's the thing nobody's really thought of in this? And it, maybe it's not that big of a deal, but um, Zillow has this huge builder business, right? So they've gone after builders. Uh, pretty yeah. heavily to make partnerships with them. Yeah. Um, and many brokerages have partnerships and, and make lots of. I, I'm, I, I lost your audio. Rob, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now I can okay. hear you again. Sorry. So, uh, Builders, brokerages. That, yeah. Yeah. So Mark, Mark's, uh, uh, big, big way that they started climb was going after new home developments and condo buildings and things like that to get started at properties. That was their entire business to start the company in Chicago. Right. So being that Zillow has all these partnerships with even national builders, do you think a Zillow homes partnership, do you think they go after these partnerships to be the in-house brokerage, uh, and say, Hey, we'll, we'll handle brokerage services for free. If you put your inventory exclusively on Zillow. I don't know. I mean, I have to ask them, but I think the better way of thinking about that is if I'm a new home builder, right? What is the value that Zillow can bring me versus what an app properties can bring me? I think that's really the better way of thinking about it. Not, not about answer, Zillow. Why don't you answer your own answer? I, I think the answer there is because we've seen this already with builders um, 
working with Open Door. Open Door actually has a much bigger lead in the new home construction thing. Yeah. And for them, the big appeal is that somebody walking in saying, I want to buy this home, but it hasn't been built yet. When's it going to be built? It's going to take nine months. Okay, you know, what? I'm going to sell my host today, but I'm going to move in nine months. Right. That's a really appealing thing, right? And that's not open doors. It's, it's, so if a broker can say, hey, listen, go buy from our new home construction partner. It's going to take 90 days for that home to be built, but you can sell your house today and you don't have to close for 90 days. If you can offer that, then, you know, it's the same sort of value, right? So I would say, just think about what is it in it, what's in it for the new construction. And, and again, to me, it's like saying, well, we'll do it for free. Like that's almost the wrong way of thinking about it, right? It's more like what's in it for the new construction if they partner with an open door, with a Zillow, with whoever, right? Versus partnering with you. It's uh, to me, Zillow has the eyeballs, right? Number one, sure. uh, that a lot of places don't have. Sure. Uh, and uh, number two is uh, that they um, uh, they have the iBuyer program, so they can compete. Like Open Door has a, a partnership with Lennar, sure. and I think sure. he added one with Dr. Horton or something like that not long yeah. ago either. But Zillow has something that Open Door doesn't have, and that's the eyeballs. Nobody right. goes to OpenDoor.com to search for a home, but right. 200 right. million people apparently right. go to Zillow to search for a home, right? right? So, you know, it seems to me like when it comes to the business space, there's a huge weed uh, that Zillow would have there, even beyond what anything like an app properties uh, could possibly offer because of the eyeballs and say, hey, we'll make you a featured thing and buy a new home and, and we'll offer the, the, uh, the iBuyer program to get them out of the house the day it closes so they don't have to worry about it. Right. And yada, yada, yada. So, right. So if, I, if I'm at properties, then my, my big thing would be, okay, well, I don't have the eyeballs. I don't have the money. So who does? Oh, Zillow does. All right. Hey, Zillow, can I use your eyeballs? Can I use your money? Well, that's... I, I, right? Wouldn't that be my next question? Right? right. So I I think brokers that don't want to go raise the money or don't have the wherewithal to go raise the money, they have to go make partnerships with companies like Open Door or Zillow. Right. Or, or, or somebody. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Or so they I'll, can go together and then do a big conglomerate. I mean, there's all sorts of fun things. Like, I think everyone's so terrified of what happened. I'm like... How about you stop being terrified and start thinking about what are some of the opportunities here, right? How does this end up maybe helping me? And I think maybe more of that thinking would be, would be useful. Uh, but that's just my take on it today. It's 24 hours after the big announcement. Yeah, for, so. for sure. Uh, okay, so last, last, very last question, and we got to run because we're already a couple minutes over we're, Yeah. Uh, we got to send everybody to break, is, uh, you know, you, you and I talked in the podcast, and so I'll, uh, and I'll just have everybody reiterate it for this one. What do you think is the biggest threat uh, to a brokerage as it sits today? The modern agent team, right? They're the ones who are eviscerating brokerage profitability, and they're the ones who are taking all of the power and the value away from the brokerage. So it's the modern agent team. Because they go, uh, they can command because they control such a high volume of the transactions inside of the Correct. Brokerage. That and they control their agents in a way that brokers simply can't. All right. Well, we'll leave it at that. I'll remind everybody I put in the chat uh, to go and listen to um, the extended version of this conversation, minus the Zillow uh, <laughs> um, about what is the biggest threat to broker brokerages uh, in our podcast there. And make sure if you are not already a subscriber um, to Notorious ROB, it's notorious-rob.com. Uh, go in there and there's a free section, but I highly encourage you uh, to go ahead and sign up for the Notorious VIP, uh, which is that. Rob's paid section where he deep dives on topics like this one and more 
uh, every single, what is it, Rob, every week or two weeks? Uh, or... as, as often as I can. I mean, it's, yeah. I know, I wish I should be much more regular, but yeah. But there's hey, great content that. in there and it's not very much, what is it, Rob, $20, I think. Uh, 20 bucks a month. Yeah, nothing. Uh, to get into this man's brain, $20 a month. There you go. <laughs> well, Rob, I appreciate thanks. that. Thanks, you. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate the time. And uh, everybody go on.